here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. I don't mean to be so uptight But my heart's been hurt a couple times By a couple guys that didn't treat me right I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie Alexa, play Meant to Be Okay If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be Baby, just let it be If it's meant to be with Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Welcome back to the Under the Dome podcast. I am your host, Ben Belden. It's been a little bit, and uh, happy holidays, so I make sure I get that out of the way. Um, I just realized that as I started this live, um, I didn't change the little caption from the last one, so we're not talking about Senior Day. That's the last time we did a uh, we did a podcast over here. It tells you how long it's been. We're talking, um, obviously, college football playoff and things, and it's been quite a long time since we have uh, since I've gotten behind a microphone and you know spoken about Notre Dame football. But you know, real life happens, and uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. So that's all well and good, and. Um, We'll go from there. So, I am joined by a um, oft guest, Nathan Erbach. Nathan, how's it going, man? I'm good, Ben. Excited for uh, playoff coming up and early signing day passing, and you know a lot of good things uh, for for Notre Dame going on. And then obviously, you know, Christmas is right around the corner, so it's always a good time with family. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we've we've got a lot to talk about. Like I say, it's been uh, it's been a while, and I'm glad we're uh, we're back talking about Notre Dame football. And you know, hopefully, if things go the way I hope they go on uh, the 29th here, coming up in uh, six days, then um, you know we'll be back sometime between you know the 29th and I guess the uh, when's the title game, like the seventh or something like that. Um, to uh to talk about whoever Notre Dame's opponent is in the national title game but we'll yeah, uh, I believe it's the seventh. We'll uh we'll get to that here in uh in a second. So um before I uh before we carry on I want to make sure that I give a shout out to our uh, podcast sponsor that is Electrosound. They're an audio company based in Northeast Ohio mostly, but they service parts of uh, West Virginia, Pennsylvania and all of Ohio as well. Um so they have uh hooked me up with this microphone that I use here um, for the podcast, and for that, I am eternally grateful, and they will uh, help you out with any of your podcast or audio needs as well if you should seek them out. If you're looking for them, you can find them at electrosound.com. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I sound.com, 
and um, give them a shout, and they'll, uh, they'll help you out just the way that they've helped me. So there we go with that. So here I am. I am uh, actually in a different spot than I normally am. I am in uh, my mother's home as opposed to mine, so a, d- a different setup these days. But um, So if anybody's watching out there and they're wondering <laughs> about the, uh, the weird backdrop or whatever, well, that's my mother's decorations and such. So I just wanted to get that out of the way here at the top. So if you're following along live, we're, we're live on uh, Periscope and Facebook Live <laughs> and you know uh, Twitch and a couple other places as well. So if you're following along live, um, thanks for doing that. If you're listening to the podcast forum, Thanks for doing that as well. If you're looking for any of those places where you can follow along live or find the uh, the, the audio afterwards, uh, go to underthedomend.com and you can find all that stuff there. All the links are there for you. So all of that administrative stuff out of the way, we wanted to start with a little bit of recruiting talk um, and I guess National Signing Day. So let me ask you this, Nathan, as our um, sort of resident recruiting expert, um, your just initial thoughts on the class that Notre Dame was able to, uh, you know, put pen to paper and ink on uh, on National Signing Day. What what are some of your major takeaways from what Notre Dame's bringing in this class? Yeah, I think it's uh, first and foremost. I think it complements the 2018 class really well. Um, 2018 class brought in 27 guys. This one right now has 21. With it looks like the possibility of 23 come February. Um, I think this class is a little bit better um, overall. Like, obviously, like I said, it, it doesn't have the same amount of numbers as the 2018 class, but overall it complements it well. Uh, last class, you know, they got two good, two good defensive tackles. And I think this class they're going to end up with obviously some more, some more good defensive tackles with uh, <clears throat> Jacob Lacey out of Kentucky, Hunter Spears out of Texas and um, possibly Howard Cross um, out of New Jersey. He's kind of a, uh, strong side defensive end, defensive tackle um, hybrid at the moment. But uh, but what this class has that you know the last class did not is the possibility of two really good edge rushers. Um, they signed Nana Osafa Mensa also out of Texas um, during the early signing period, and then they had the chance to uh, sign uh, Isaiah Foskey out of uh, De La Salle, California. Um, in February, there's some speculation that he, he might've signed already. Um, but as you know, he just wants to announce on national signing day with his, uh, one of his teammates. Um, so it's possible he's already in the class, but obviously as fans, um, we, we don't know that yet. So I think that that's one of the, the key parts of this class is getting those edge rushers. Um, and as we've seen, like with, uh, you know, Kareem, Aquara and, and Hayes this year, you know, that's, that's a really, um, important aspect of the Notre Dame team and why they're in the college football playoffs. So um, that, and then also I think Kyle Hamilton, I think is their best recruit um, this cycle. It's a safety out of Georgia. And um, you know, he's, I think he's probably the best guy they've landed since Jalen Smith, um, which is, you know, high praise for, for any recruit, um, let alone, you know, guys going to Notre Dame. So I think that's why I would give this, this class, the edge mostly is the edge rushers. And then just the, the one elite prospect that maybe the last class didn't get. Yeah. So, um, one guy that you kind of alluded to that I think Notre Dame fans are really, um, interested in hearing about, 
Um, and maybe you said his name, maybe you didn't. I know you like you were kind of I don't know you were alluding to him. I don't know if you, like I say you you mentioned him by name, but is Asa Turner safety out of uh, the state of Washington, um, who is down to the University of Washington and Notre Dame. I haven't followed this you know real closely, so I'm not gonna um, talk too much on it. But I am interested to hear your reaction. Um, and maybe get your prediction of how you think that this is going to uh, play out, and you know, just explain to the the listeners if they're not familiar what kind of has happened so far. Yeah, so it's a definitely an interesting situation. Uh, he was the Washington commit. Uh, he committed to Washington, I think, back in July. Um, so he's been a commit, you know, the entire season. And the, um, when he committed, it was between Washington and Notre Dame. Um, that continued throughout the entire process as he stayed committed to Washington. Notre Dame never really stopped recruiting him. He never really stopped showing interest to in Notre Dame. I mean, he would accept phone calls. You know, he would um, accept visits from the staff. He went to the Navy game in San Diego, you know, which isn't too far from where he lives in, in California. So, you know, there was definite interest there. And, um, you know, there were, there were mixed reports on the entire situation and, Turns out that, you know, the Notre Dame uh, recruiting experts were right when it came to this. You know, he ended up, I don't know if you would consider him a decommit from Washington or not, but he didn't sign uh, during the early signing period. And a lot of people thought that he was actually going to sign and sign with Notre Dame. So it's, an, it's a kind of an interesting situation um, going on there. Um Washington sees him as a safety, at least starting out. And then Notre Dame is kind of told, you know what, you're probably going to grow into a linebacker. And um, that's possibly some of the, uh, the holdup there is, you know, whether or not he wants to play safety or linebacker in college. Um, right now, I'd probably give the edge to Notre Dame. I think that, you know, that's a big reason why he didn't sign is because, you know, he was contemplating both schools, but at the time he was a Washington commit. So I would lean Notre Dame at the moment. You know, with with you know nearly two months left until until uh, national signing day, I think that's hard to predict 100%. And there are even some that have speculated that they wouldn't be surprised if you know USC or UCLA or anybody like that try to get involved now that he has shown that he can't necessarily make up his mind 100%. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, you, it would be tough to see him going back to Washington just from like a, uh, I don't know, sort of a human perspective of, uh, you know, he kind of said he was going and then sort of, like you said, he didn't really decommit necessarily, but didn't, you know, give that nod that he was going. It would sort of seem like it's trending in Notre Dame's direction, but, you know, interesting nonetheless, that's for sure. Um, anything else on the re, uh, recruiting trail that uh, I'm leaving off? Um, I mean, just, just talking about the class a little bit more. I mean, I mentioned that I think it is probably a, a bigger impact class versus last year, um, even though the numbers aren't there. That, like I said, has a lot to do with Kyle Hamilton out of Georgia. Um, you don't see guys like him too often, and that's why I said he's the best commit, you know, or the best re recruit they've landed since Jalen Smith. I mean, he's 6'3", almost 200 pounds, but he <laughs> flies to the football, and he's probably going to end up playing free safety. You know, that's obviously huge uh, – you know, huge length and, and even um, and weight coming into uh, college at that position. So, I mean, just a, just a physical specimen at the position. And then, you know, one thing that they did this year that I think, I don't even know if I would say it complements last year's class. Um, last year's class wasn't a great offensive line uh, class overall, even throughout the entire country. 
Um, but Notre Dame did miss on a few of their top targets last year. And this year they really didn't. I and mean, they landed, you know, possibly the best, best offensive line class in the country with four guys. Um, all four are four, are four star um, talents pretty much on every website. Um, and Quinn Carroll, Zeke Carell, who I think could actually battle for the starting center job um, as a freshman next year. Uh, John Olmstead out of New Jersey, kind of the same area as Quentin Nelson. And, you know, they, they do really well in that area. Um, and then Andrew Kristofik, Christo- uh, same, same high school as, uh, as a freshman quarterback, Phil Dracovic. Um, and I think that was a big reason why he did end up committing to Notre Dame. But he has a lot of talent um, at the tackle spot. And uh, he's probably their only true tackle in this class and something that they really needed to get in this class. So I would say that the uh, <laughs> offensive line was, was a big strong suit after what was sort of maybe a mediocre class last year. Yeah, it seems as if, and I think Brian Kelly had some uh, some comments saying as such that they really focused on the on the trenches, especially in this uh, in this class because – well, I mean, I don't really know because why, but just they, they focused on the trenches in this class, and that seemed to be a major emphasis. So it's good to see um, um, yeah. going forward. So, um, all right. So let's kind of transition a little bit. And, you know, it's been since, you know, like I, I alluded to whenever I, you know, started this live, I, I guess it keeps the uh, <laughs> it keeps the same caption from what I used before, which I uh, didn't know. So always learning here at the Under the Dome podcast. But, um when I, uh, when I, it apparently was since senior day, since I have recorded a podcast. So I guess the, we haven't talked college football playoff. We haven't talked, you know, Notre Dame in the college football playoff. We haven't talked about any of those games, Northwestern, USC, or otherwise. Um, so it's been a while to a certain degree, you know, what, what can you say about the end of the season? It kind of went exactly how we thought and hoped it was. But, you know, sort of before I talk about the college football playoff, I just wanted to, you know, comment on the fact that you know what a remarkable year for uh for Notre Dame football in general right I mean it uh, if you would have told me that <laughs> Notre Dame was going to uh make it through this schedule 12 and 0 in the fashion that they did um with you know I mean Northwestern was a close game but at the end you know they it, you always felt that they were in control and that's kind of how you could sort of characterize a lot of their games you know close but felt like Notre Dame was in control at least from my perspective um I, I don't know I would have I would have said that you were uh, a little bit crazy to be honest with you I mean I, I did sort of think that this was a 10 and 2 11 and 1 type season but um that was going to come up but like just the way the season played out I, I thought you know, I'm surprised. Let's just put it that way. And it's remarkable the way that, you know, they were able to navigate the travel schedule. And, and you know, I, I think it's remarkable the way that they've been able, and I'll sort of knock on wood because we've got a couple practices before uh, before the, the game on Saturday. But the way that they've been able to stay healthy throughout the years has been remarkable as well. So just wanted to comment on that. I don't know if you have anything that, uh, that you're looking to add to that or not. Um, I would just say I think fans – you know, I mean, obviously, we all want to worry about the college football playoff. It's 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 now right around the corner with, like you said, six days left until it happens. Um, you know, f- facing a, a a predominant team that's been in the college football playoff seemingly every year since it's happened. Um, but I think we need to take a step back and kind of relish in 
the fact that this team did go 12 and 0, and many of us weren't expecting that sh- expecting that this year. I mean, I know coming into the year, I kind of said this team was a nine and three team with the possibility of of the upside, especially if like Brandon Wimbush turned out to be a stud, and that didn't end up being the case. It ended up being Ian Book, but um, I, I think we all thought this team had had some talent, but it was going to be a tough schedule. You know, with playing Michigan, playing Stanford, playing at USC at Virginia Tech. I mean, those were all supposed to be, you know, really, really tough games. And, you know, it ended up being one of them was maybe a, a good a good team overall. And so, I mean, but, but just to take a step back and say, you know, this is the first time that Notre Dame's gone 12-0 since 2012 and really only the, you know, the second time in the last, you know, 20, 30 years. So, I mean, that's something to, to hang your hat on regardless of what happens, um, you know, on the 29th. Um, but other than that, you know, before we kind of really get into the, the the Clemson talk, this team does need to prove, or this program does need to prove that they can compete with the big boys on the big stage. And that's something they haven't done in the last, you know, 20 to 30 years, you know, going back to pretty much 1993, starting there. Um, that was really like one of the last good seasons that Notre Dame had in terms of, you know, proving it on a bigger stage. So I, I think that that's something they need to do going forward. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because, you know, obviously Notre Dame is, uh, I think they're a 10.5 point favorite. Maybe it's a 9.5 point favorite. It's right around 10 or 11, I guess, kind of depending on uh, on where you look. And I said favorite. I meant that Clemson's a uh, Clemson's the favorite. Notre Dame's the underdog. Um, I, I, and a lot of it doesn't seem like a lot of people outside of Notre Dame fans are giving Notre Dame any type of a chance. I, I deal it deal with it, you know, every day in the hallways at school and in my class. You know, Notre Dame has no chance, Mr. Belden. Blah 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 blah. Like, do you really think Notre Dame has a chance, Mr. Belden? And all of that stuff, you know, kind of in between. And um, I don't know. I, I think that obviously, I think Notre Dame has a chance. And well, I've you're in Ohio much. State country, so that's not really fair. Well, yeah, that's true. I, I generally are like, I generally say, you know, what uh, what bowl is Ohio State playing? Oh, the Rose Bowl is that part of the college? For, oh, I didn't think so. Um, so that's kind of where uh, that's kind of where I go with it. But uh, um, I don't know. Um, so anyway, what uh, what chance do you give realistically Notre Dame? And to kind of follow up on what you were saying, if Notre Dame does come out and lose. And maybe it depends on sort of how they lose. Um, is it a failed season, in your opinion? Fail, failed season. I mean, I guess it probably depends on your definition of failure. <laughs> right. Um, you know, as a Notre Dame fan, I mean, obviously, I'm a younger Notre Dame fan, so I haven't experienced national championship like some of the older Notre Dame fans have. But um, I, I would say it's it's not a failed season per se, unless they get routed. If, if it's a good game, they, they show that they belong. I think that that's something that fans and even just the college football, or I said fans should be able to hang their hat on that in the college football community. That is non Notre Dame that maybe thinks they shouldn't be there. Um, you know, because of their history, the last, you know, several seasons. And then, you know, even maybe playing like a, what they consider a weaker schedule this year. Um, you know, they might be like, okay, well, this team definitely belongs to be there overall. Um, but at the same time, Notre Dame has the tradition of winning championships. Brian Kelly's always talking about graduating players and winning national championships. And if you lose, no matter if it's by one point or 40 points, you're not graduating players and also winning national championships. So 
I would say it's sort of a in between, but you can't get routed. And I think that that's, that's something that can't be overstated because people are just going to bring this narrative on and continue on with the narrative. I should say, um, you know, until Notre Dame can prove that they can do it. And as far as, you know, Notre Dame's chance, I mean, are they, are they going to get routed? Do you think? <laughs> uh, I don't think that they get routed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson wins and maybe even wins somewhat convincingly um, in the sense of me, maybe it's like a 10 point game or something like that. But honestly, I, I mean, I think I saw this on the, or listened to this on the um, on Irish illustrated podcast too. And I thought it was kind of interesting. I just want to see a close game going into the fourth quarter. Now, obviously as a Notre Dame fan, I want them to win. Um, but as long as it's, you know, give, give me that chance. Don't give me into the fourth quarter with, nothing to play for essentially. Um, but no, I would say, I would say that Notre Dame has a chance. I wouldn't predict them to necessarily win. I think Clemson's a very talented, uh, very talented team and they, you know, they're proven, but uh, if Ian book can stay upright and the offensive line can, you know, probably play their best game of the year, that's probably what it's going to take uh, for their offensive line uh, to keep, to keep them upright. Um, you know, and then obviously the defense just continues to do what they've been doing all season is, you know, them getting into the quarterback and, you know, them pressuring Trevor Lawrence, who's a freshman. I mean, he's a very talented freshman and probably the number one pick in the draft in a few years, but he's a freshman nonetheless. So if they can get to him and apply pressure and maybe force some early mistakes and then just keep Ian Book upright and let him, you know, let him be the accurate passer that he is. I mean, I think there's no reason to believe that this won't be a close game. Yeah, I think what we've uh, to to echo what you're saying, we've seen from Notre Dame this year is that, you know, so many games throughout the year, it's you know, can Notre Dame just kind of hang around, feel out their opponent, hit on a big player to score enough to keep it, you know, to get a little bit of a lead, and then kind of just do your damage in the second half. I mean, I think back to you know, well, I mean, most recently, I guess the USC game, down ten to nothing at a, at a certain point. Um, you know, and then the offense kind of finds itself a little bit and obviously, uh, Notre Dame won, uh, you know, going away, maybe going away isn't the right word, but you get it. Um, I don't know. I think it is going to come down to the arm of Ian book. I, uh, feel pretty good about as far as Notre Dame success goes, I suppose. And I feel pretty good about that. Um, you know, I, I think, my assessment of the offensive line all year has been good against the pass generally with a few mistakes here and there and uh, not potentially great against the run. I think that Notre Dame is going to struggle to run. I think that, you know, I don't know that uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Notre Dame, I guess, balances, um, you know, needing to pass a lot, but also trying to keep Clemson enough off guard by running the ball a little bit and they'll see we'll see how they sort of you know balance that and if uh you know what kind of what they can get from that i suppose um i think that you know dexter might have to make one sort of like big play type run if he can do that then that that's going to tip the balance in notre dame's favor but i feel decent about the fact that you know you mentioned that clemson as a team is tested i mean they've been in just about every college football playoff except for like one i think uh, maybe two and um but I, I Trevor Lawrence has not played in a close game this year um and I wrote about that actually kind of a couple weeks back that you know the only game that 
Um, and I shouldn't say he hasn't played in a close game, but he hasn't been the guy, the starter in a close game, you know, coming down the stretch this year. Um, the closest game in recent memory that they played was they beat Syracuse, but he went out in the second quarter during that game. And ever since he has, uh, he was the starter, they've blown people out. So it'll be interesting to see if Notre Dame can keep it close, um, what types of things they can do to him and, uh, see if, you know, that, uh, youth and, um, that uh i don't know that ignorance i suppose we'll we'll see how uh if he grows up or if he uh if he i don't know cowers i suppose and obviously notre dame hopes for the latter yeah and kind of going off what you said about dexter williams um i I sort of agree with you like i don't think the run game is going to be like crazy impressive or anything like that um if it is i mean i think that's obviously a huge plus for notre dame if they're able to run for I don't know, let's just say 150 yards or 200 yards. I mean, that's probably means, you know, Notre Dame's doing some things correctly. But outside of that, um, if he can just break a few long runs, it doesn't have to be, I mean, kind of like how the Virginia Tech game went and a few other games went this, this year. It wasn't like Dexter Williams was, you know, breaking off 10, 15 yard runs the entire game. A lot of his big games this year have been, you know, he runs for a 65 yard touchdown after getting stuffed four or five times in a row or only picking up, you know, two or three yards or something like that. You know, if he, if he can break off a few big chunk plays, that that's going to be a big deal. Um, you know, maybe break off one of those long touchdown runs, which it seems like him and Josh Adams before him last year, you know, they seem to do that maybe like once a game. So if, if that can continue, then I think that that's a really, really big plus for this team, regardless of, you know, how the running game is the entire game. Yeah. And I agree with that. And to, also sort of along the same thought line, like how many times this year have we seen, for instance, you know, Chip Long dial up a play just when Notre Dame needed it. Um, you know, I think back to like the kind of the Notre Dame took the lead in the fourth quarter at Stanford or whatever. Actually, uh, you know, they took a two touchdown lead in the fourth quarter at Stanford, then intercepted that pass and then hit, you know, Alizé Mack on kind of that that uh, drag and wheel route and then the uh, you know the naked boot against uh, Northwestern and you know a couple other plays where they really needed a play Um, it seems like Chip Long has been able to dial up something special to get them a big play or a score and something like that so I imagine that you know gearing up for a bowl game he's got more than one of those up his sleeve. So I I do have that kind of vote of confidence that, you know, we've seen Chip Long catch defenses off guard after setting up certain plays throughout the game. Wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, a couple not real gimmicky trick plays, but just like clever little play designs out of him that gets Notre Dame into a good spot to score or, or actually score on the actual play. So I have that as far as, uh, you know, reasons to be confident um for this game um just based off of what they've done so far this year yeah and you know even kind of going a step further with that i i would argue that ship longs probably wanted to use the two back system a lot this year um and that was probably in like the playbook um for when dexter williams came back off his four game suspension to start the season but then jafar armstrong goes down with his knee infection Um, and, you know, he was really never, um, the same, I guess, after he came back from that, you know, they didn't use him in a lot of games, um, leading up to, 
you know, it was kind of weird. Like they used them like the first game back, they used them a lot. And then from then on out, it was like, you know, maybe four or five runs a game. And I, I think that he can be a really big weapon in this offense, especially from a two, um, a two back system or even in the slot and different things like that. Um, so I think that you're going to see some play calls this year that we haven't seen that they wanted, they wanted to use and that they're prepared to use because they've, they've run them in practice and different things like that. So I think some, you know, and I've, I've heard some chatter on Twitter from Clemson fans, you know, just some other, you know, football fans that don't like Notre Dame and don't think they belong. And I, I, I really don't think that they've watched Notre Dame, first of all, but I also think that there's a, a different wrinkle to this Notre Dame offense, um, especially with guys like DeVar Armstrong coming back healthy. And then just in general, like the healthiness of the roster. I and mean, I think at the end of the year, you had Drew Tranquil, who was like on his last limb, but still playing his heart out. He should be you know, close to a hundred percent. I mean, Tavon Coney's had some rest after playing almost nearly every snap year. Um, same with Jerry Tillery, Liam Eikenberg, I guess was dealing with an ankle injury that should be pretty much healed up. Um, you're getting uh, Myron um, Tagalavo, Tagalavoa Mosa, sorry for butchering the name real quick. Um, <laughs> you're getting him back. Now, I don't know if you're going to get him for like 20 snaps per se, but at least it adds depth. Um, you know, and then and then just overall rest for the for the team. I think that that plays a, a big part in how this game will go. Um, I, I don't think Notre Dame would have won a game against Clemson immediately after beating USC. You could kind of tell that the team was tired. They were They were hurt. You know, they weren't fully prepared to play in the college football playoff necessarily from a health standpoint. And I think that that's going to be something that um, we see on December 29th. We're going to see a healthy Notre Dame. Yeah, I agree a lot with what you're saying. And I think that uh, what people don't, you know, people don't necessarily realize the other part about Notre Dame is that they don't realize the travel schedule that Notre Dame had to deal with those last, you know, five games or whatever. And, and as, as much as, you know, you don't want to make excuses and things, you know, I said it earlier, it was, it's remarkable that they were able to navigate that travel schedule and we didn't really have to talk about it that much. I mean, I know before the season, just about everybody was talking about, Oh my gosh, you moved the shamrock game to New York city. So then you're playing in New York, Chicago, LA, um, one game in South bend and, you know, all over the place in, in those last, in those last five weeks. And, um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, it explains a little bit why, you know, the USC game was came down to the wire sort of, um, before Notre Dame really turned on the jets, um, and, you know, put them away, got up by two touchdowns before allowing a score late, obviously. Um, and I, I just, uh, certain things you don't have to deal with. Um, the other thing that, you know, and I wrote about this, not that it really matters, but, um, I'm really glad that, uh, just from a, um, avoiding the PTSD of having to play in Miami, I'm really glad that this game is in, you know, at Jerry world in Arlington, um, <laughs> because, you know, Notre Dame historically has, uh, has traveled well to Texas, um, and historically has not necessarily traveled well to Miami thinking back to, you know, the 2012 championship game. And then the, um, obviously the debacle in November of 2017. So um, I, I don't know. I think Notre Dame's got enough going for it. Let me ask you this question. Um, I, I think it is a nine and a half point spread. 
if you had to, if you were a betting man, and I don't know that you are, but and I'm not, but if you were a betting man, would you uh, take? Uh, I live in Vegas, Ben. Come on. Well, <laughs> I mean, this is sometimes, uh, sometimes, uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> if you're a betting man, who are you taking in this one? Uh, so it, has the spread gone down to nine and a half? That's kind of, I, I, tr- I try not to bet on my team, so I don't typically look at the um, the spreads of my teams as much as I do like you know other games. I know it at one point. I think it started out at like twelve or eleven or something like that, and then it boosted up to like thirteen. So is um, it down to nine and a half? I, I'll look it up. As, uh, and of course, my computer is being super slow as because it's kind of doing a lot of stuff right now. But I feel like when I looked the other day, it was down to nine and a half. Now maybe I'm making that up. Um, I, I was thinking nine and a half or ten and a half. Um, based off of our odd shark, let's just say it is at. Uh, let's just say. Well, let's just say okay. it's ten. Let's just say it's ten. And what? Are, what are you? Uh, how are you going? Yeah. So I was talking to a friend about this the other day, and I told them that as long as it's a double-digit spread, I think I would pick Notre Dame to cover because I, I could, I could easily see this being, you know, like a, a three-score game late in the fourth, and then like Clemson scores, and unfortunately Notre Dame loses by ten. I could see that. So I think if, if it's 10 and under, I'm going Notre Dame. When you start getting into like that seven-point range, it's probably around the range I probably would just wouldn't bet on the game if I, if I wanted to, if I was planning on it. Um, I, so it's weird. I, I'm talking like I don't have confidence in Notre Dame, which I actually really do have confidence in them. Um, but it, it just – I think seven-point spread, I probably just wouldn't bet on it. There's no point in betting on it. I don't. I think it's one of those things where you're not necessarily guaranteeing yourself money. But uh, t- double digits, of course, I think I'm betting on Notre Dame for, with the points. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I still – even though I am looking on different places, my like I say, my computer is doing a lot right now, and so it doesn't want to load an actual betting website. So, um, but uh, yeah, I think obviously, you know, to your point, betting on a game is different than like you know picking the picking the actual winner, right? So like, you know, a smart bet would be to take Notre Dame if the bigger that the spread is, and obviously the smart bet, you know, if you were trying to pick the winner, probably would be Clemson. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, and we've hit on this quite a bit throughout this podcast that uh, Notre Dame has a decent enough chance given that they've thrown the ball well and that type of thing. So right now, Clem- right now Clemson's a 13-point favorite, and I think that that's ridiculous. It's gone up that high. Huh. Yeah, so I, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it said that Clemson was a 13-point spread, and I was surprised by that. I thought that the opening spread would come down a little bit. And it looks it looks like it's it's only gone up. So I mean, sharp the sharp money's on Clemson, which is interesting. Yeah, that's that is that is interesting, and I'm actually a little surprised by that. But you know, um, man, I I actually don't really know what to say. I'm I'm looking at Odd Shark as I pull this up. Yeah, yeah, it is up to thirteen. It started at ten and a half, which is kind of what I was thinking, and it is, according to Odd Shark, up to uh, up to thirteen. And uh, in certain times, it's been twelve and a half, but it's pretty much sticking around to that twelve and a half to thirteen range. So, um, yeah, I, I I can't, I just can't imagine what people think is going to happen in this game that Clemson's going to win it by that much. I mean, I understand like if you're sitting making a straight 
straight line bet like if this was you'd probably pick Clemson just to win the game but by 14 or 13 points or more is seems a little bit outrageous but you know I don't want to beat a dead horse yeah I'm with you on that I just uh I don't see it but I think it goes back to the narrative that Notre Dame needs to prove it before they before they get the respect and you know to a certain extent that is that is fair so I get that too but so we we shall see. Anything I left off uh, for the good of the order before we uh, sign off here? I mean, unless you want to make predictions real quick. Let's hear yours. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> I would I would probably pick Clemson in a close game. So I'm going to go something like Notre Dame. 24 Clemson 27 so they keep they keep their 27 streak alive like they're not allowing opponents to go more than 27 points but I think Clemson's defense will hold Notre Dame to below their average with Ian Book as well significantly below their average with Ian Book Um, so that'd be my prediction I'm gonna go 27 24 um, but it's a close game throughout so it's Ian Book throws a interception to seal the deal for Clemson is kind of what I'm thinking here. Not not necessarily a backdoor cover. I'm gonna go full fledged Notre Dame Homer and uh go with my heart instead of uh instead of my mind. <laughs> and Fair. um I'm gonna go although I think that Clemson overall is probably a better football team, I think it's fair to say that. Uh, a more well-rounded, a, a really well-tested football team that's going to benefit them in this type of a situation. You know, that's why they don't play the games on paper. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to just go ahead and take your score and flip it and say it's going to be uh, the other way around. Um, and it's going to be because, and I actually think that Notre Dame will kind of get up early and hold off a furious Clemson rally. So I, I you know, maybe get up you know, 27, 17 or 27, 14 or something like that. And, and then Clemson kind of comes back and hits him with, you know, maybe 10 points in the fourth quarter. And then Notre Dame kind of like holds on at the end. Um, because, you know, I just think that, you know, I, I just have this, I have a feeling that Trevor Lawrence might struggle at a certain point in this game. And I, I just feel like, Notre Dame, if they're able to take care of and, and take advantage of the time when he struggles, because I don't think it'll be for long. I don't think they're going to keep him completely under wraps the whole time. And Clemson runs the ball really well as well. Um, I, I just think that Notre Dame has the opportunity to, if they seize that moment, they uh, they're going to be in a good in the driver's seat. If they don't, then obviously things won't maybe go their way. But I just think that uh, I, I just think that Notre Dame can can jump on Clemson. And then we'll see how Clemson responds to it. And I just don't think it'll be enough. But um, like I say, that's that's wearing my uh, blue, golden, green shade glasses and, and everything, you know, <laughs> everything that comes with that. You know, you know, Ben, it's interesting that you say that, though, because I think this whole this whole month, I've pretty much been in my head. I'm like, like you know what? Notre Dame belongs here. I'm going to go. I'm going to pick them. I, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit of a homer. But at the same time, I'm going to. I'm going to have that attitude that, you know, Notre Dame belongs and, you know, and, you know, it, I should pick them. I have the conviction to pick them. I've watched them all year. I think they're good enough. Um, my heart, my heart definitely uh, has Notre Dame winning this game. And I, 
I don't think that my heart's wrong too often when it comes to Notre Dame. I don't think that I um, am, am crazy when I say that. <clears throat> but my head still says, you know what, Clemson's probably the better team overall, and I'm going to pick them. But I, I wouldn't be surprised at all at your, at your scenario. I, I do think Notre Dame, you know, will prove to the college football world that they, you know, they, that they're finally – not necessarily they're back back but they're you know that they're they're back in the sense that they can contend with some of the big boys so yeah yeah i, I don't think that that's a a wrong idea by you yeah i think at the very least they'll prove that they belong now what that means is uh kind of up in the air um but i don't i don't think let's just put it this way i don't think uh what happens to ohio state when they played clemson on new year's eve a couple years back um, will happen to Notre Dame. I just don't uh, – with Notre Dame's defense um, playing consistently well throughout the year, I just don't think something like that's going to happen. There, there are – defense will keep them around at least long enough, and I just don't – you know, at the very least, I can't see a scenario where Notre Dame gets blown out. But, you know, I've been wrong before. So, um, I don't know. We'll just kind of leave it at that. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I, I completely agree. And I think that anybody that – you know, if they get blown out, they get blown out. I just don't think that any sane person that's watched Notre Dame and Clemson play this year should be should be predicting that without being a complete homer against Notre Dame or being a Clemson fan. And like I said, I hope that I hope I'm right when in saying that. It's just how I feel, <laughs> and I hope that I'm not eating words or eating crow, you know, come December, December 30th. But uh, I, I pretty much would stand by those remarks even even then. I would say I don't think anybody should have really seen this coming. Sure, sure. All right, so uh, before we sign off, I just wanted to talk real quickly. So obviously the game is, uh, you know, we're sitting here recording this on the 23rd. Uh, the game is, so today is uh, Sunday. I've kind of lost track these days. Um, next Saturday, Notre Dame, Clemson, 4 o'clock Eastern time. Um, what I'm sort of thinking um, is that uh, shortly after the game, when I have a better internet connection, because I don't know how well this stream has gone. Um, I know there's been a little bit of delay between you and I, Nathan, as uh, as we've spoken, so I'll make sure I get that fixed for those of you that are going to listen to this on the podcast. So those of you that have stuck around on the stream, we appreciate that and power, powering through a little bit of that delay. But um, so, but anyway, I, I'm thinking that uh, after the Notre Dame game, and I'm just going to put this out there as a teaser, um, I'll be around live talking. Notre Dame is kind of like a post-game show, and that'll be around, you know, 7, 8 o'clock Eastern time, obviously closer to 8 probably, um, unless it goes into like five overtimes or something like that. So um, I'm kind of working in the background about trying to get that kind of set up and, and who's going to be on with me and that type of thing. So um, I just wanted to um, – and I just wanted to, uh, I don't know, give that little teaser for those of us that are uh, listening. So if you're if you're interested in, uh, you know, coming and, and joining us after hopefully what is a Notre Dame win, um, we'll uh, advertise that pretty well. But like I say, I just kind of wanted to plant that seed that that's kind of the plan uh, for uh, for next Saturday, like I say, around eight o'clock. And, you know, and if Notre Dame gets blown out, then maybe I just cancel it because I'll be finding myself somewhere um, wallowing away in my sorrows and maybe I wouldn't be the best person to talk to, um, 
you know, after that. So I'm, I'm in the process of lining some of that up and Nathan, maybe I'll talk to you about, see what you're doing. If you're busy, it's, it's all good, but, um, and just kind of, uh, and just kind of go from there. So anyway, that's, uh, that's that. So listeners, if you've stuck through the live stream, like I say, I don't know how well this live stream went with, you know, current internet things, but if you've stuck through the live stream, we appreciate you. If not, we appreciate you listening to the podcast, underthedomend.com is where you can find that. Make sure you follow the Twitter underthedome underscore ND and uh, make sure you're checking out myself and Nathan and all of the writers over at slapthesign.com as well. So we appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you at some point after uh, Notre Dame and Clemson. Thanks for uh, you know checking out the Under the Dome podcast. Have a great holiday and um, we will catch you hopefully next week talking about Notre Dame and moving on to a a national title game. So all that being said, thanks for listening. And until next time, go Irish. entertainment designed just for you then check out customizable streaming tv from xfinity it makes your life simple easy awesome xfinity gives you customizable streaming tv options enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your tv with x1 go to xfinity.com call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more restrictions apply Holiday tips and wine stories from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My top tip, not all gifts have to be for others. Treat yourself. Crisp whites like a floral Sauvignon Blanc pairs perfectly with shrimp cocktail and other light appetizers. Now that's how you kick off a holiday meal. Most adults smile an average of 20 times a day. Make that 21 for someone you love with the perfect bottle from Total Wine & More. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Total Wine & More. Cheers. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.